So, are you DTFF? Talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to DTFF Bravery One. Happy Tuesday and happy eve of free agency officially beginning. Um, it feels like it's already begun with the amount of breaking news we've had over the last day and a half here, but nonetheless, it is the eve of free agency. The one little bit of sprinkle of football we get until the draft here. So uh, we are going to be discussing all things related to free agency so far. Plus, we're going to have a new segment tonight um, called Ask Chat GDP. Um, it's going to be fun. Before we do that, Jake, my co-host with the most, how are you this evening? I feel like I have the least this evening, uh, only because, as we're going to talk about here, there's a lot of news that we've gotten out of free agency there's one giant glaring elephant in the room bit of news that we have not yet gotten as of this recording at least in regards to free agency which is giving me some kind of feelings again we'll talk about that in a little bit but otherwise i'm doing great because yeah these news blurbs this has been the biggest injection of football that we've had even anything tangentially related to football in quite mm-hmm. some time so i'm thrilled yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited about it. I love free agency. Uh, now we can see where some of these dominoes fall, how teams are improving themselves or getting worse and how it all impacts fantasy. So, yeah, should be a lot of fun having some good discussions uh, before we get into it. Of course, uh, Jake, why don't you tell us what we're drinking this evening? We are in honor of the upcoming St. Patty's Day weekend. We're kicking it back old school, like a couple of old fools who are so cool. We are talking about drinking Guinness. Uh, it's Guinness Extra Stout, by the way. I know there's like four different types of Guinness, actually, mm-hmm. and I never remember which is which or which is the good one versus the more watery one. There's like the draft, the extra drought. I don't know. But this one's pretty good. Right? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. Um, I feel like we do Guinness every year for this episode. Uh, it's become a yearly tradition, I feel like, and I am okay with it. I like Guinness. It's a solid beer. It was my first like dark beer I got into once I started drinking craft beer, or this was my intro into craft beers. Let's put it that way. Even though this is a much more you know mass marketed beer, uh, this this was the the gateway beer or one of the gateway beers getting me to this level where I'm at now. So Guinness, thank you. You are just a solid standby at all times. I love it. It's good. Yeah, this is like. This is the only time of year I drink it, really, for the most part. But it was, it was, I will say, it's the first import I ever had. It's the first beer that made me feel like I could be a beer snob. Let's put it that way. Uh, and then it all kind of went downhill or uphill from there, just depending mm-hmm. on your perspective on it. But yeah, it's a good old standby. Sometimes, not often. Sometimes I reminisce about the days, though, Dustin. I used to add shots of mint uh, schnapps into this. And and I called it Irish toothpaste, and I thought I was so hilarious for concocting this drink. And oh. I drank it knowing it wasn't good, but because I made it, I pretended that it was. Ugh. My liver and stomach just did somersaults because that just sounds <laughs> terrible. Oh, 
Don't worry about that. It was. It's almost as terrible as the fact that we do not have a drunk trade of the week this week, Dustin. That is terrible. We, I know. We've we've been scouring, but they're just not there. I know they're out there. You folks just need to send them to us, please. For the love of everything holy, send us some drunk trades. You can do that on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. We hope to have one next week. Otherwise, the two of us are going to have to send out some drunk trades, I guess, Dustin. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it might be a call into work on Monday type deal if we have nothing <laughs> as we're getting ready for the show next week. Well, looks like I'm going to get drunk tonight on a Sunday night. Send out, some, show send out some trades. Yeah, it's all about the dedication with our our show here. We're nothing if not professionals mm-hmm. about this damn thing. That's right. So let's get into this free agency news. Can we just start off? I know we were kind of talking about it briefly before we started, how this yeah. is the legal tampering period. But it seems like, yep, deals are done. It's just a matter of waiting until tomorrow to officially sign the contracts. Like the legal tampering period, like it's such a bullshit term. Like it's just absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, I called it a misnomer before we went on air. It's not even a misnomer. It's intentionally misleading and stupid. All the teams know Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Nobody is really pulling the wool over anybody's eyes, but they all just ignore it together. And then it's Mm -hmm. fine. I compared it on Twitter a lot to like all NFL teams absolutely wait until the minute legal tampering kicks off before they do anything. Just like you also wait until exactly 5 p.m. before cracking that first beer when you work from home. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. Not everybody a does it. Would even dare do it early. So that's right. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. At least the NFL gave the, the, the owners the wink nod. Like, yes, we know you're doing this. We'll create a window called this legal tampering period where we'll allow you to negotiate leading up to free agency. You know, it, at least it gives us news for our show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that it does. Now, I want to kick off. Well, I just want to get it out of the way. Really, that's what I want to do. I want to get out of the way with the one guy who did not seem to take advantage of this window whatsoever, nor the previous months that he's had to mull over a decision. Aaron Rodgers. What in the fuck, man? I'm just so tired of this already. It went from being kind of silly, fun meme time to now just like, be done with this. Mm-hmm. Can we just be done with this? And Dustin, I think that we're both on the same page. Oh, know absolutely. That we are, but I like to pretend that there's some up in the air aspect <laughs> of the show. We just want him gone, right? We want him to go to the Jets mm-hmm. as Packers homers. Yes. Yeah, I know he's got his spot on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow. So maybe he'll use that platform to announce his decision, a la LeBron James uh, going going to Miami type deal back in the day. I don't know. Although signs are all pointing that he's going to be going to the Jets because Alan Lazard signed with the Jets. Mercedes Lewis is interested, apparently, in, in pursuing uh, signing with the Jets. So... I, I take those as, as pointers that, yes, these guys still want to play with Aaron. That's why they're signing with the Jets so that they can continue to play with them. It's someone, it, those are folks that he has rapport with, which will make the transition into that offense and into the team easier. 
knowing that there's guys he can at least dump the ball off to that that he has familiarity with. Well, and I do want to talk about Alan Lazard and the fantasy impact of him signing with the Jets. But it's pretty interesting. Aaron basically, not to dwell on this too much, but we have to because it's the biggest news item ever right now. He's been saying he doesn't want to hold the Packers hostage for the last couple of months, basically after the mm-hmm. season ended. And I'm going to have my decision, you know, in plenty of time, definitely before free agency, which he's still tech just because he's such a gomer. He technically has until Wednesday at like 4 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern or some shit before he can make it. So he'll make it right at the last minute. But now he's getting all of his friends to be signed. So he's saying, I... I'll sign, but like you guys should also look at Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard. And I'm going to bring Jordy Nelson out of retirement probably and (laughs) whatever else. And it's just like, man, for somebody who complained for so many years about not having any weapons, you sure do want to bring all of those weapons with you to this Mm -hmm. new area where you have Garrett Wilson and you have Elijah Moore, Uh, Corey Davis for now. Counterpoint. I think this, this Alan Lazard signing is also proof that uh, Elijah Moore is going to be part of the trade um, with Aaron Rodgers, the the trade to the Jets. I, I truly believe that we are going to be getting him in return. And with Lazard signing, that he'll be the number two on that team next to Wilson. Elijah Moore wants, you know, he has the talent to be a number one. Take him to a team that doesn't have a true number one wide receiver. Boom. I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. We've talked about what the tr- return might look like for Aaron Rodgers. And like, I've been out of the first round pick hope at this point. I'm just like, mm-hmm. hey, if we can get a second round pick, great. And then add like an Elijah Moore, who they clearly have issues with. The whole And he has issues with the team there. as well. Yeah. So fresh start for everybody. Mm-hmm. Pair him with Christian Watson. Um, it would definitely bode well for Jordan Love to have young guys that can grow with him as he does this, but could yeah. also make an immediate impact. All right. Just one more quick Packers uh, talk. Sure. Just, yeah, we don't need to go too far off the rails, Let's although we it. already have, but I don't care. It's our show. We can do what we want. How excited would you be rolling out mm-hmm. with Jordan Love next year, yeah. Christian Watson, Elijah Moore, and Romeo Dobbs? I think it would be... Great. I, I like a, that. It makes me excited as a young crew of yes. players that, like as you said, can grow and learn together. Yeah. I, I love you got Elijah Moore is the, the number one. Christian Moore, Christian Moore, Christian Watson as the downfield, you know, threat. And then Dobbs as your slot guy. I love it. It's not bad. I, I don't want to say I love it. From like an immediate impact. I'm oh, no, saying, absolutely. Like, there goes the top five but, wide but receiver. When you're looking court. for a team that, that's going to be hopefully growing, yep. going through some growing pains over the next few years, that gives me hope for like, okay, they're going to be building towards something because all these guys are young and under contract. And I I, I, I don't know. It, it, it brings excitement. Let's put it that way for me. Absolutely. And so as long as they're not signing Sammy Watkins again, or somebody of his ilk, I'm thrilled with that, because that's the Mm -hmm. way that they need to go, which means for Dynasty, at least, all of those guys' values hinge on what Jordan Love does. Mm -hmm. But I might be the optimist here. I think that he's going to be just fine in supporting the cast of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's going to do for fantasy for you in that first year. I'm not 
expecting him to be quarterback one in fantasy. Right, right. Hopefully he can be serviceable for you in certain weeks if you have him in Superflex. Um, but Alan Lazard, so him on the Jets for actual fantasy value. Let's assume Elijah Moore does move away. So now it's Garrett Wilson. It's Alan Lazard. Again, possibly Randall Cobb coming in there as well. Corey Davis might be a cut candidate at that point. Is Lazard, does this mean that he's fantasy relevant? He really hasn't been ever. No. No, I I think what it does is it gives, and this is going to sound a slight against Elijah Moore, but I think it just gives them someone else that can peel coverage away from Garrett Wilson. I don't see him at, I mean, he'll have his boom weeks, uh, especially if Rodgers is there. Like, he'll he'll have his boom weeks, but I I mean, we haven't seen it in the first, what, four years of his career in Green Bay. Like, he's been so inconsistent been had a bit of the injury bug so i just yeah we always had hopes that that he had all this talent that would translate onto the field he's a raw prospect coming out yeah he's he's a good number two uh don't have high fantasy hopes for him regardless of who is that quarterback there yeah agreed i think so he technically been with us five years Never come close to crossing a thousand yards during that time. He's a blocking guy. People love him because he's a blocking mm-hmm. guy. And so he helps out with your run game and he helps out with those, you know, swing passes and all that kind of shit. But like, you know, he's he's fine. For real mm-hmm. life football, yeah. he's a good player. For fantasy. And like I said, he'll give I'm you a couple buying. boom weeks here and there. He's I guess an okay bye week flex fill in if you need it. Uh if you have no better options. So that's about it though. Yeah, I want to talk about somebody juicier for fantasy. I want to move on. Let's move on from the Packers, all right? We can all right. come back and revisit it next week once shit happens with Aaron and company, I guess. But for now, the juiciest trade that I saw so far, or acquisition in total, Ooh. is the Chicago Bears adding DJ Moore, which uh, crazy, like a real blockbuster trade, kicked us off here over the weekend. So a lot of picks. Change in hand, uh, Bears got rid of the first overall pick to Carolina, who's already looking to potentially move back, which is hilarious to me. But DJ Moore to the Bears. What does this do for you? We talked a little bit in our poor golfing outing on Sunday uh, about the hierarchy of wide receivers now in Carolina. What's this do for you for the whole group? For Carolina? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, both. I want to know how terrible Carolina looks to you now, uh, but I really want to know what the Bears look like for you for wide receivers. Well, Carolina's obviously just in full-blown rebuild mode right now. I mean, they're they're selling off all their assets, on offense at least. They got rid of Christian McCaffrey last year. They got rid of DJ Moore. They've got... Um, Terrace Marshall. Who, Terrace Marshall. I'll say, who's the young wide receiver? So Terrace Marshall's are de facto number one right now. I would think they're going to end up uh, bringing someone in in the, via the draft because I still think they have a second round pick. Carolina does this year, so I, I would imagine they would probably use it on that. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's wheels down on this oh, entire gross. offense right now, and I don't care who they draft number one overall, the quarterback. Like, obviously for you know fantasy purposes and dynasty like 
he's someone you're going to want on your team and draft, whether, you know, the 102 through the 104, basically, uh, if it's one of those top three quarterbacks that everyone's talking about. But other than that, for redraft, yeah, I don't just stay away. Just stay away from this team. No. Does it matter to you that the Panthers added Andy Dalton? No. They secured him for a couple of years, huh? Huh? Anything? No, of course not. That's the He's the veteran um, presence that they can lean on to help mold this young quarterback and give him additional, you know, how to be that, that locker room guy, how to, you know, be the film study guy, you know, just, just be that veteran presence to help him grow into being hopefully an elite quarterback. Yeah. The more fun part, obviously, is actually the Bears. The DJ, DJ Moore, Moore fun part? Right. De facto, number one now. And now they have mm-hmm. like a clear hierarchy. They were floating mm-hmm. around with guys that were just like out of place, it felt like, because they traded for Claypool last year. Mm-hmm. He's not a real number one guy. Darnell nope. Mooney doesn't seem like he's no. fit to be a number one guy, which is fine. But now they got somebody. Yep. Yeah, I like this move for the Bears. It shows that, one, they have confidence in fields. And two, this is really Fields' year to really show that, yes, he is the quarterback of the future for the Bears. Uh, so I like this move for the Bears. I like, you know, as we were talking, DJ, number one, this helps Darnell Mooney because he's a good wide receiver, but just not a number one. So that opens that should help open things up for him. And then, yeah, got Clay's Chapel, Clay's, whoop. I can't talk. Chase Claypool? Oh, my God. What's wrong with me? Nailed it. I am not stroking out, I swear. It's Uh, the Guinness. It got on top of you. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Yeah, Chase Claypool, he's a good role player. I I don't think he's ever going to repeat that rookie season of his at this point. I just don't see it, Uh, especially on an offense like the Bears. Although, hopefully this means they're going to be a little bit more passing forward. I'm assuming Montgomery is going to stay with the Bears at this point. Um, Otherwise, they have Herbert there. So it's like, you know, they got a decent running back there, regardless uh, if it's one or both of them. You got Cole Komet as the tight end. So, I mean, this offense is looking up. Um, Hopefully, they build upon Fields last season. And, you know, they knew that they needed to give him a true number one wide receiver. And... They got a nice haul for it too with DJ Moore and all the picks. So I, I, I think that was a very nice move for the Bears and for Fields. And now it's just bolster the offensive line a little mm-hmm. bit so that he doesn't get wrecked all the time. Yep. Exactly. As long as they do that, now it's like a no excuses year mm-hmm. for Justin Fields. Not I've never been one to make excuses for him. I think there's just been actual arguments that like, look, what do you expect the guy to do? But mm-hmm. if everything does come together now with this offense and the offensive line, I was like, okay, let's actually see what he has for once instead of shortchanging him constantly. So if he doesn't deliver this year, there's a lot of people with the pitchforks already in the waiting mm-hmm. for this. For Not from fantasy, because from fantasy, he's been fantastic. Oh, he regardless. was amazing last year. So none of us care. <laughs> but in terms of real fandom, like they are waiting to see what happens with him this year, but mm-hmm. it's Justin Fields is pretty much a top three pick for me this year in fantasy with quarterbacks. Um, after this news, yeah, that was going to be my next question for you. So you're you're going to take him after Allen? It'll be 
Hurts, Mahomes, and then Mahomes, Allen, and I guess you're right with Hurts. Although I think there's an argument where him and Fields could be on the same level, but it's more established with Hurts. So there's no mm-hmm. guesswork. But yeah, I would uh, let's say Fields is slotted in as my four, at least for right now. Okay. Would you take him that high? Do you have other quarterbacks who you would absolutely put a- ahead of him? I don't know absolutely, and I'll be honest, I haven't really thought about this uh, from a redraft perspective at all. I I, I see the argument, uh, especially since he is a running quarterback and we saw what he did last year. Yeah, I guess the argument can be made. You know, you still have your guys like Burrow, uh, mm-hmm. Herbert. Yeah. I, I know he had a down year last year, and we don't know what this offense is going to look like there in uh, L.A., but it's just, you know, I still consider him in that kind of second tier of quarterbacks. He's so, nice. yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess her, uh, what I'm stuttering to say is I agree with you. I, I think that I the knew, argument. I knew that's why it was so hard for that to come out is because it was a, an agreement. If this was a disagreement, you would have shot that at the screen so Oh, damn that's fast. bullshit. I agree with you all the I time. Know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're we're, uh, we're predictable sometimes like that. Let's let's talk about more big time moves. Um, and this is kind of a smattering of things that all happened today. All mm-hmm. happened today. So the Raiders have been very busy and very confusingly so. So what they chopped off. They got rid of Darren Waller, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about a little bit later. But they added, so they add Jimmy Garoppolo. So they get their successor to Derek Carr. They add Jacoby Myers. They add Philip Dorsett, which is kind of a throw-in piece here, but they want their field stretcher. I don't know if they know what they're doing. And I don't know how much we can bank on any of this stuff for fantasy outside of hopefully Devontae Adams continuing to thrive. I, I was going to say, can we say Foster Moreau season, finally? He's technically a free agent, and they might uh, not bring him back. So That maybe would make they me sad somebody, after all this time. <laughs> right? Maybe they go after somebody in the first round as one of those tight end prospects that are out there, like Darnell Washington or somebody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. If they resign him, I'm still reluctant, by the way, to say Foster Moreau season. <laughs> He's burned me before. But Jacoby Myers, let's start there. If everything else stays the same, he's got Jimmy throwing to him. He's opposite Devontae. There's no real tight end. Can we believe he's at least going to be what he was with the Patriots? I think so. It's not like he was, I mean, one, that was a low-volume passing offense in New England. He never was really catching touchdowns, which was always his Achilles heel. So, I mean, if, if they focus on Devontae, which they should because they paid him all that money um i think he could be a solid two on that squad and he'll he'll still have his fantasy weeks what i think is interesting is that you've got uh, mcdaniels there he brings in jimmy g who used to be part of his system in new england and now he's bringing jacoby myers over that was in his system so he's bringing guys that are already familiar with his scheme and system and is going to integrate them in, which I think is the big reason for these moves. Does that not scare you then a little bit for Devontae? If he's looking to recreate his system from New England, 
which was not I I know the personnel wasn't the same across the board, but like that was kind of scary production wise for fans. Yeah, well, yeah, over the last few years, but you have to remember the Randy Moss years. And I'm not saying that Jimmy G is Tom Brady in this scenario whatsoever. I, that's what I heard. That's what I'm going to crop out. <laughs> I'm going to put it over top of you saying that. And I'm going to say fine. exactly that. But okay. So, I mean, it's not like they had low volume passing offenses the entire time that he was over in New England. So, I mean, I just think he's bringing guys that fit the scheme that he wants to run better where Carr, for whatever reason, didn't fit into that scheme. And I don't know why, but... He was a renegade. Yeah, apparently. Jimmy Garoppolo just does what he's told. That's that's the most perfect... Jimmy Garoppolo is like that guy from Parks and Rec. Do you remember this, Dustin, where uh, April Ludgate goes to work with Ben Wyatt, and there's whatever mm-hmm. politician that they're working on behalf of. Oh, yeah, he he's basically the robot. just goes into a room and stares mm-hmm. at the wall and practices his lines. That's Jimmy Garoppolo, but as a quarterback in the sure NFL. is hot out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Jimmy Garoppolo, which is fine. And it's worked. And he supported top end wide receiver production, mm-hmm. which is all I care about. So, yeah, I'll take it. And I, honestly, uh, for Jimmy G, I think that's probably one of the better places he could have landed because there is a top wide receiver for him to throw to. So at least, yeah. you know, he's going to funnel targets to Devante and probably Josh Jacobs. So, I mean, I don't hate it from that perspective. Yeah. Not that Jimmy G is going to be a top 12 quarterback by any means, but he'll have usable weeks. Uh, if you're more of that streaming type of quarterback player. Yeah. In Dynasty, his contract was decent. Three years guaranteed, I think. Maybe a fourth on top of that, if I mm-hmm. recall. Uh, from Dynasty, it's like, yeah, for a couple of years, he'll be a consistent and steady enough guy, I think, that he'll, yep. he'll help as your number two. Uh, let's talk about the shit show that is the Texans, I guess. They're doing things. They're trying, maybe, kind of, like they do every year to just add this weird group. Uh, I love Robert Woods. You love Robert hey, Woods. We love Bobby Trees. Yes. Okay. So don't come at us. But it's an interesting move to add a 31-year-old wide receiver to this team. Uh, Brandon Cooks is already there. Maybe he's not long for the mm-hmm. roster. That kind of makes sense. Noah Brown got added. A uh, 27-year-old wide receiver coming off of his best season ever with the Cowboys, which was still like 400 yards. Um, Mike Boone, you remember him from high expectations and zero results with the Denver Broncos and other teams that he's been with. And then Case Keenum, they added as an extra quarterback uh, advocate, maybe is a phrase for him. He's not going to be a starter, right? No. Yeah. Veteran backup. Yeah, mentor, veteran backup. I, I don't know. None of these moves excite me whatsoever. Yeah, it's gross. It just muddies the waters, right? Yeah. I I guess if they're looking at getting rid of Brandon Cooks, bringing in Robert Woods to be that veteran presence in the wide receiver room, he's a year removed from his ACL injury, so maybe he will be a little bit more productive than he was last year. Hmm. Uh, He did flash towards the end of the season a little bit, so maybe there's a little bit of that going on last year where we expected him to come back and 
be Robert Woods because that's just all he's done his entire career. But I'm not interested in any of these moves or anything on that team. Really, no, He showed some <laughs> lingering spunk last year. I will say this because we talked about John Mechie a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We bring up Nico Collins occasionally. If you believed in those two wide receivers for Dynasty, let's say, these moves shouldn't have dissuaded you. No. If you didn't believe in him, then continue on your way. But if you did, this does not impact anything with those two, is what I'll say. Yeah. No, 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 this, yeah, it's gross. Let's move on. That's (laughs) gross. This is a weird one. This is a real weird one. So the Falcons add Janu Smith. Janu Smith, uh, noted versatile tight end weapon on a team that obviously desperately needed that because they didn't have one already on the roster named Kyle Pitts. What the fuck, man? What are you freaking out about, Kyle Pitts? Uh, I'm going to call it now. Kyle Pitts is going to be traded on draft day. Woo. Does Arthur Smith really just hate him or does he just love Johnu Smith that much? Maybe it's a combination of both. It's either mm-hmm. that or they're going to run a shit ton of two tight end sets. Mm. And and they're going to end up throwing the ball to both tight ends, which neither of them will then be fantasy usable. Uh, so I really hope my thing comes true with... Uh, <sighs> Uh, Pitts being traded on draft day because that would be awful. I mean, Pitts is already like he had a good rookie season, underwhelming from the fantasy community's expectations. Lofty expectations. Yes, yeah, very lofty, but had a very solid, good rookie season. Mm -hmm. Last year underwhelmed a bit, but it was a shit show, but we kind of were hoping it would have been a little bit better than that. Yeah. And having Jonu Smith that is a good pass catcher. It's not like he's a blocking tight end. Like Janu is a pass catcher. So like I said, unless they're planning on doing the two tight ends, West coast style offense of like the late nineties, I just don't know what to expect here. And I, I hate when I saw that move, I was just like, this is awful for Kyle Pitts. Like, I mean, it's just cause I just don't know what the fuck this team is doing. Like it just blows my mind. I don't think they do. I don't think they do either, but it's just, I I really hope that Pitts does get traded on draft day for like a haul of picks that Atlanta desperately needs at this point uh, to rebuild their team. Two things about that. One, I actually, let me preface it. If either of these two things are true, Kyle Pitts is an ideal trade target in Dynasty right now because of the perception to the hit of his value. Mm -hmm. If your idea of Pitts getting traded on draft day happens, then great. He gets out of this murky-ass situation with a coach who clearly doesn't want to use him that much, and there's plenty of teams that could use him much better. Hey, Packers, Mm -hmm. for example, again, let's let's bring this fucking guy over here uh, to add to the the youth mix. If he stays around, I have heard people suggest Johnny Smith is a much better blocker than Kyle Pitts is. And maybe Janu does stay in and becomes a not a split right. blocker, but a basic a more blocker, inline tight end, yeah. Which frees Kyle Pitts up to be his hybrid tight end wide receiver self, in which mm-hmm. case his value still actually increased with this move rather than decreased. I'm I guess I'm saying if you're gambling on what his value does, there's a couple of paths for him being better, and you have to pay less now yes. than you did two days ago. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you can buy the dip on this right now uh, and you can get him at a discount, 
go ahead. He's still young. Like, like tight ends notoriously take three to four seasons before they really break out and become huge. And why we expected anything different out of Kyle Pitts, just because he's this generational talent, I don't know. You know, like and, and like we said, uh-huh. he hasn't had a bad start to his career. He's had a very good start. It's just he hasn't had those touchdowns to buoy him so far. He's got no buoying. Nobody buoys him, certainly not his coach, and I hope that that changes. Certainly not his quarterbacks have not been booing him. Speaking of which, they also added Taylor Heineke in this. So, so, does that do literally anything for you? They go from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter to now a combination of Desmond Ritter, who they still say is the starter, and Taylor Heineke, who they added for two years in less money than it seemed like. Because that's how all of these contracts work. I think that's Not just a depth move. Have a, at this point, a competent backup quarterback. Maybe yeah. someone that fits their system a little bit better than Mariota did. I don't know. I guess that's, that, Mari- that's how I view it. Didn't Mariota basically retire himself at one point? Right. He, I think his wife was having a child, and he was expected to be around for camp. But this was like mm-hmm. at the end of the season, and he's just like, Nah, guys, I'm I'm out. And he mm-hmm. just kind of left, which is fine. I would do the same, especially yeah. if the team I was on was the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Taylor Heineke was fine for the commanders. Maybe he'll fight with Ritter in mm-hmm. camp and win it out. If he does, I still it doesn't change any of the other guys' right. uh, value for me. Same. Okay. Same. All right. Well, that's at least we can agree on that. Maybe we can agree on this. I don't know. The Giants added Darren Waller. So he's the big sub- subtraction off of the Raiders today. They also re-signed Sterling Shepard and Matt Breida. I only threw that in there. We didn't talk about Saquon getting re-signed on last episode much. But they're really bringing back most of the roster, it seems like, mm-hmm. at this point. But now they're adding Darren Waller. So this becomes a two-horse race for pass catchers, right? Mm-hmm. Of Saquon and Darren. That's as kind of As it, it sits right now, yes. Uh, I do like this for for Daniel Jones having a essentially a, another wide receiver on the team, same as Kyle Pitts. Like he he's that tall. Oh, he's actually a converted wide receiver uh, into a tight end. So I like this. However, I dislike it for uh, Daniel Bellinger. I really oh. thought I was really excited to try to go after him this off season, mm-hmm. and now well, now he's, he's dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I really could go after him, but uh, it's it's disappointing from that aspect because I really liked what I saw out of him in his limited action last year. But yeah, yeah. now his value is basically all gone. Uh, but I do like this for Waller and for Daniel Jones. Yeah, Waller felt like he wasn't going to get used in Vegas anymore the way that we saw mm-hmm. from the previous three seasons or two and a half seasons where. When he was sporadically healthy, he was dominant for fantasy. He was, at one point, competing with Travis Kelsey, it felt like, for Dynasty Mm -hmm. tight end one, and then that just kind of went away. And now, like, I don't know how well he'll be utilized here, but it feels like the fresh start is warranted. Daniel Bellinger, at least, is one injury away from still being needed, and maybe he can incubate for a year or two until he gets that tight end, uh, you know, four-season breakout. Mm-hmm. That's uh, we all want. Any interest in Sterling Shepard still? 
No. He was there last year. He was injured himself. Everybody was. No. But zero interest in Shepard or Burita. Same. I'm very curious on your thoughts. Uh, Twitter's already going absolutely bananas over the Eagles adding Rashad Penny. So they signed him, much injured, oft injured uh, running back for the Seattle Seahawks. We don't say injury prone on this show, but if there was a player that was as close to that (laughs) definition as we can find, I think it's Rashad Penny. But then they turn around and immediately re-sign Boston Scott, which gave people some pause. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Miles Sanders is out with these two moves, I would suggest. Right? Like it's, a, he's, it's not official, but right. he's pretty much out. Yeah, Unless I guess. all these guys are going to share a backfield? It could be. I, it's so hard to say. I mean, yeah, I don't know what to think of this one. Only because of Penny's injury history, mm-hmm. do you want to rely on him? And and you need a solid running back on this squad. Like, I don't think Jalen Hurts has the season he had if he didn't have someone reliable in the backfield like Miles Sanders. He had a very underrated season this last year. And I don't oh, yeah. think people realized how, how good his season really was because he was overshadowed by, you know, Saquon coming back healthy and, and CMC. And, you know, there there's all these other great running back stories and just how well this Eagles offense was playing. And all the focus was on Hertz and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. So it's, I don't know. I mean, it's personally, I wouldn't trust Rashad Penny in giving him the full <laughs> workload. No. So, so I mean, do they do a split backfield between Penny and Boston Scott and um, Kenneth Gainwell? Still Kenneth there. Gainwell, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and is it just kind of like a three-headed monster? Because, I mean, Gainwell flashed towards the end of the season a bit. Uh, Boston Scott has flashed when, you know, Sanders has been injured over the last couple seasons. So maybe they are just going to go with kind of a three-headed monster and it's going to be just gross to draft a running back from that squad. I, d- I don't know. Hard hard to say. I don't. I just don't like the signing, period. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I- I'm fine with it from the perspective of it unburdens Kenneth Walker on the Seahawks now. And it's like, there's okay. There's no chance of Pete Carroll's flighty running back mood coming back and being like, I'm going to try and shoehorn Rashad Penny into this next year. And yeah, I'm not worried about DJ Dallas or (laughs) Travis Homer or any of those guys. Rashad Penny when healthy is the only one I'd be worried Mm -hmm. about over there. So that's great for Kenneth Walker. Now for the Eagles, if they do go with that three headed monster, Penny, Scott and Gainwell, Penny is the guy I'm still going to draft because when healthy, and you'll know when that is, except for the game he gets injured, you'll know, start this guy Mm because he'll just be Miles Sanders. He's not going to catch passes. That's not his game. It's never been his game. But Miles Sanders didn't do that last year. Mm -hmm. So behind the offensive line, great. I'll take his eight games, I guess, and be happy with it. Yeah. I'm okay with it. I mean, that's fair. I... If he ends up being kind of the lead guy, though, I think he's going to get pushed up in drafts, especially in yeah. redraft. He's going to get pushed up to a point where I'm just not going to want to draft him there based on his injury history and just maybe the not really the clarity of usage in that backfield. Yeah, if he ends up in the fifth round or something, which I Ugh, think is no. where maybe Miles went last year, 
then I'd be out. No, yeah, I'd be out for sure. But he's got to get some injury discount. I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, here's here's a just a quick kind of weird one, a bizarre move. I don't know. The Vikings added tight end Josh Oliver, who's yeah. been just, I don't know. He hasn't yeah. been around. He He's kind of like a sixth O-lineman, I think, more than anything, mm-hmm. right? But they got to sign TJ Hawkinson officially mm-hmm. again, which they haven't done. So if they don't, then I guess keep this in mind. <laughs> if they do, then none of it matters. No, I don't think it That's matters where... regardless. Okay. All right. Well, maybe this does. Um, the Saints re-signed Michael Thomas to one year. A one-year sort of reconfiguration, I guess, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, are we doing this? Michael no. Thomas, are we doing this? No, I'm out. I'm out as well. I mean, I unless uh, unless he falls really late in drafts, I'd be willing to take a late shot on him. Maybe if he's like my fifth or sixth wide receiver. But anything prior to that, it's just like, no, I'm out. It's the same for me as last year, but a little mm-hmm. bit worse. Mm-hmm. Like last year proved me right, unfortunately, which is I didn't want it, but I was scared to draft him because I didn't even know if he was going to be playing. And then he played for three games and then nothing. Yep. So. Ooh, for Michael Thomas. I'm sorry. Um, real quick, Broncos added Samaj P. Ryan today. That's interesting only because Javante Williams is going to be probably hurt to start the season. Mm-hmm. Probably won't be fresh and back right away. So maybe you get a yep. couple of usable games. And didn't they get rid of Chase Edmonds as well? The Broncos? They did. So, yes, I mean, they, they needed someone to be able to step in and maybe get some of that early season workload as Javante's getting back to full health. And they added Jarrett Stidham. Blockbuster Ooh. alert. Wooga. Uh, Jarrett Stidham backing up Russell Wilson. <laughs> That's worth celebrating. Let's let's do one more real one, and then I have a big question for you. So the Dolphins right. re-signed uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They basically just brought back their backfield. Nobody mm-hmm. thought that was going to happen. Everybody always wants big-name free agents to sign yep. for the Dolphins. And they're running backs. And it never happens. So we have to start lowering our expectations. But is there anybody that you'll draft from that backfield this year? No. Again, unless, like we were talking about with um, that Philadelphia backfield a couple minutes ago, unless mm-hmm. they're late, I might take some flyers on them. Super late. But otherwise, no. I just it's. I'll leave them on the waiver wire. Let someone else pick them up. Maybe if one of them flashes and I have an injury, you know, I need to I'll fill in for a week or two, then I'll pick them up off the waiver wire. But no, I have yeah. no real no interest with them. If you held those guys on your dynasty uh, rosters, good for you. Now try mm-hmm. and get some third round picks for him. Is mm-hmm. probably what my approach would be. Um, Dolphins also added Mike White, which is an insurance policy for Tua. Yep, yep. Which I is think that's fine. Smart. Mm-hmm. And worth holding on your Superflex Dynasty rosters just in case Absolutely. something happens with Tua. Yeah, and it would be really because we saw what he did with the you know Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore last year, and so it'd be really interesting to see what he did with the likes of two superstar talents like Waddle and Tyreek, mm-hmm. um, tossing the ball around. I think that could be really exciting in yeah. small bursts because I don't think Mike White is a permanent starter in the NFL, but Not he a is savior. a really no, but he is a really solid backup quarterback that can come in, play a string of games if you need him to, uh, someone good to have on on a real squad uh, to fill in as a backup. So I like that move for the Dolphins. I think that was smart. 
Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I'll make note of this only because I had it in here. The 49ers added Sam Darnold. Calm down. Calm down. It's still Trey Lance for me. Uh-huh. Depending on Brock Purdy and his uh, recovery it's a depth and how much move. they love him. But Sam Darnold is the third guy. Yeah, here. it's it's a depth move. It's nothing to be concerned about at all. Yeah, now this is the bit of free agency news that I wanted to talk about, though, as we transition out of this thing. So Austin Eckler is requesting, damn near demanding a trade, mm-hmm. I would say, from and, the Chargers at this point. Yeah, and the Chargers have said, go ahead, and you know they're, they're not saying, we're not going to trade you. So they are definitely like, yeah, if you can find a trade partner, that's fine. Like, we will honor that. So that is really interesting. Um, yeah. He's just not getting paid anything. His contract is so mm-hmm. slight for what his production's been, which sucks for him. Yeah. But look, you're a borderline 28-year-old running back. It's not going to be easy for you to find money. But let's say that a team does want to invest in him for that. I was struggling to come up with maybe more than one or two teams where his fantasy value doesn't take a hit, let alone mm-hmm. increases from what it is. Is there any team that he could get moved to that you'd be more excited to have Austin Eckler for fantasy? Uh, more excited? Yeah. Not really. I mean, there's... How about on par even with where he is right now? I don't know. I think... I think Arizona would be an interesting fit, especially once Kyler gets back. Uh, maybe not Maybe not this year. This could be a, a lost season. Um, depending on Kyler's timeline for return, but mm-hmm. they could use someone that's really solid out of the backfield there. So I think that would be interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. My, I'm going through all the teams here in my heat, and I just the Dolphins, the aforementioned Dolphins. Uh, of course, people <laughs> would know. lose <laughs> their minds if they uh, signed with the Dolphins. Honestly, though, the, I mean, those are like the two that come right off the top of my head. I can't. I'm sure I'm missing one that's super obvious that you have, but... Let me throw two options out there. These are the only two that I could come up with, and they're from wholly different perspectives. If the Bears did decide not Mm -hmm. to bring back David Montgomery and he goes with the Bears, is there a possibility for his value that it's actually comparable? Yes. I, I think that would be that would be one of the spots that I was definitely overlooking, for sure. And definitely then, again, another amazing weapon for Justin Fields to utilize. Mm-hmm. So another in this no excuses tour that he's potentially on that yep. would help with that. But the other one, and it's probably just recency bias of seeing what another amazing running back, pass catching running back did. But there's nothing happening on the Panthers. Is there a world where just based on volume and total number of catches that he'd be okay? Yeah, would he be fantasy relevant? Yes. Could we expect, you know, the top three like he has been the last few seasons? No, I don't think so. He'd probably still be a number one. I wouldn't really like that though. There, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like that move at all for him if he is really just in it for the money. I guess that'd be a spot to go. But if he wants a chance to really like go for a championship, you know, what if, uh, what if Kansas City? Uh, where to trade for him. <laughs> Getting all hot yeah. and bothered even thinking uh, about uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> or that the uh, CEH 2.0, where he just disappoints. 
for fantasy. Uh, no, don't lump him in with Clyde Edwards. No, Hilarious. I'm not That's saying rude. talent. I'm saying usage-wise in that offense. It, I, I, I think most teams that he would go to, which is the unfortunate part, would dial back his usage overall. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd... I mean, he only started to see his current usage with the Chargers over the last two seasons anyway. Right. Before then, he wasn't being used anything like this. Mm-hmm. He was more of a Danny Woodhead type of guy, yep. which I put a dollar in the jar, people. I mentioned Danny Woodhead <laughs> on this podcast again. But I don't think anybody gives him enough value. Again, save for like a Panthers type of team, which, no, I don't want to see him go to either. And it would be a weird move for the Panthers mm-hmm. who are just Yeah, tanking. totally rebuilding. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll have to see. So, bad news for his value. Yep. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, so, yeah, that'll round out the pre-free agency talk here. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll come back next week, have lots more to discuss about with fantasy implications. There's always that second wave of of, fantasy, of uh, free agency that uh, really does impact fantasy. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. But, yeah, let's get into... Uh, what is going to probably be a recurring segment here in the off season. Um, I, I had this thought after listening to a different podcast, beer brewing podcast, uh, where they asked chat GPT to brew certain beers or how they would brew certain beers. So I was like, I have not seen this yet in the fantasy football world. And granted, I only listened to a very small amount of podcasts, but uh, I haven't seen it on Twitter or anything like that, so I thought it'd be fun. Let's ask the the AI how they would build a, a, a redraft fantasy team. For this week, we'll we'll focus redraft. Maybe next time we bring this up, we can do dynasty or you know some other topics. Uh, and if you guys have other topics you like, you would like us to ask the AI relating to fantasy football. Let us know. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll be if fun you don't do want it. to put yourself in the. Um in the the eyeballs within the scope of uh these robots and you want us to do your dirty work for you we can do that because when that when this thing does eventually lead to an uprising it's going to come back to all of us who have asked these stupid ass Mm -hmm. questions and just destroy (laughs) us first so we can take the brunt of that that's right so i asked it this was how to draft a championship redraft fantasy football team that's specifically what i asked so there are six steps that it laid out for us, Jake. Are you ready? I'm ready. So it says drafting the championship redraft fantasy football team involves a few key steps. Here's a general guide to help you get started. Number one, research player rankings and ADP, average draft position. Start by looking at player rankings and ADP from multiple sources, such as fantasy football websites, magazines, and podcasts. This will give you an idea of which players are likely to be drafted in which rounds. All right, that's a good first step. Uh, Toronto okay. Dave in the chat, by the way, agreeing. This is a cool idea. You're right. This Thanks, is cool. Dave. So step one, that's a pretty basic one. I yep. mean, uh, yep. I think they probably, you know, anybody could have said that. But let's see mm-hmm. what they say for number two. All right, number two, determine your draft position. Your draft position will dictate which players will be available to you at different points in the draft. If you have an early pick, you may be able to snag a top-tier running back or wide receiver. If you have a later pick, you may need to focus on finding value in the later rounds. Does it now? Here's a question. It says to determine your draft position. Does it tell you how you should determine your draft no. position? Because that no. might be a follow-up question we need to ask this thing. We could. We could. There are some good ideas there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So number three, 
plan your first few rounds. Use your research to determine which players you want to target in the first few rounds. Consider drafting a stud running back or wide receiver in the first round and then addressing other positions in the second and third rounds. All right, so ChatGPT does not want you to take Travis Kelsey in the first. It does not want you to waste a first-round pick on a quarterback. Correct. Yep. All right, four, identify sleepers and value picks. As you move into the middle and later rounds of the draft, you want to focus on identifying sleepers and value picks. Look for players who may be undervalued based on their ADP or who have the potential for a breakout season. All right. All right. That's basically what all of us are trying to do for the next four months, by the way, is determine these sleepers. Yep. All right. Step five, balance your roster. As you draft, make sure you're balancing your roster with players from multiple positions. You want to have a solid starting lineup as well as depth at each position in case of injuries or bye weeks. All right. Yeah, uh, that's okay. that's obvious. Again, it doesn't tell you adding which positions or how much of each position to add, yep. but that's okay. That's All right. And then finally, step six, stay up to date on news and injuries. Finally, stay up to date on news and injuries throughout the preseason and regular season. Adjust your rankings and draft strategy accordingly if a key player suffers an injury or if a sleeper emerges as a potential breakout candidate. Remember that drafting a championship redraft fantasy football team involves both skill and a bit of luck. Stay flexible and be prepared to adjust your strategy on the fly as a draft unfolds. Good luck. Well, I'll take the good luck send off (laughs) from that. I'm still fixated. I think the most useful bit of information that that I pulled from that was the first round idea. They they pretty much all but said, don't you take a quarterback and don't you take a tight end in that first round, which I more often than not agree with. Um, although Travis Kelsey again would beg to argue there. I think that's interesting. I want to, I have a, a, a series of follow up that we can delve into. That was a mm-hmm. great, I, I like that as an opening question to it, by the way. I feel like this was just a very generic, like, hey, if you're like first getting into fantasy football, how do you draft a team? This yeah. is like the bare bones, just generic. Here's some very broad line strategies you should follow that yeah. that's what it's that's what the ai is telling us here it's not getting into the gritty tea gritty nitty nitty what the fuck is wrong with me oh, talking tonight the Jesus. chat gpt has infiltrated all of your brain uh, maybe uh, uh, yeah it's, it's not getting into like happened. some of those uh those finer details or kind of that's different strategies that are involved I want to start throwing haymakers at this thing going forward. So I I love it. I love this as an idea. We're definitely going to revisit this uh, in future episodes. I want to know, hey, how do you identify a sleeper, chat GPT? Huh? How do you go about making that process? What do you determine, you know, a stud running back to look like? These are the types of questions that I'm curious to see what it it tells us. Uh, I also want to ask it real weird shit. But we can gradually get into the real weird shit with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think this will be a fun kind of reoccurring yeah. segments throughout the uh, off season here, or non-point scoring season, as we like to say. Uh, yeah. Shout out Outhouse uh, right. TM. Shout out Russ. Um, we should ask ChatGPT if we don't get a drunk trade for next week to formulate a drunk trade for us for next week. Ooh. By the way. But hopefully, 
as we said at the top of the show, we have more drunk trades to uh, mm-hmm. uh, reminisce about, ruminate on for next week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, any final parting words here, Jake, before we uh, sign off for this week? Um, don't watch Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee. Don't feed into his narcissism, people. Wait for somebody to aggregate it on Twitter. That way you mm-hmm. don't have to be a part of it. That's what I'm doing. Uh, and Same. then we can celebrate with a a shot afterwards when hopefully the the damn thing happens. No, but enjoy this time. There's a lot of news. It's fun. This is just a mm-hmm. fun time in the non-point scoring season to be an NFL fan. Don't freak out too much, by the way, about your dynasty values. Don't send frantic trades. Maybe that's my parting advice here. Mm-hmm. Only send frantic trades if you're trying to buy the dip on someone else's players. Then, go. then, like now's the time to strike if you want to buy the dip, yeah. and and yeah. you think people are panicking, go ahead and, and send out those offers. But yeah, if you have players that you're worried about, just take a deep breath. It's, it's we're way too early to be overreacting at this point. By the way, Toronto Dave in the chat says he always scores points. Don't stop. Uh, built different. You are built different, Dave, and we all can't be that good. Um, if if. There's a way to score points in the offseason. I think that ChatGPT should tell us that next time as well. That's right. All right, folks. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, do all that stuff we tell you to do every week about subscribing, rating, review. You know the deal. Just follow us. Support us. We love you. And we'll talk to you next week, folks. Cheers, FFers. Oh, shit. Oh, shit.